eternity. Sin and sinners have numbered days. The devil soon is going to meet his Waterloo. But as good as those things may sound, I am happy that the saints will be redeemed. I am happy that one day soon we will be with Jesus. We will sit at his feet and learn from him. We will feel his hands and his feet and touch his side and be grateful for his sacrifice on Calvary's cross. And so as we pursue our daily activities as were the children in Noah's days giving, drinking and eating and giving into marriage, meaning daily pursuits, let us be mindful of the fact that the judgment is going on. Let us be mindful of the fact that we must be sober, that we must be vigilant because we have an adversary. The message today is a serious one. And if God don't help me, I won't be able to put it across. And so let us bow our heads as we pray. Kind Father, I commit today's sermon into your hands. Indeed, Lord, I need your help. I need your help because I need to put the words correctly. I need your help because someone could be offended and maybe turn away. So Lord, have mercy. Let someone see your love for them. That your call is a call for eternity. That destiny depends on the response to the call. Help us today, Lord, to catch a glimpse of the time in which we live. To catch a glimpse of the fact that your coming is near. And so, Lord, we present everything in your hands. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Ever since the creation, God has faced a decision. The decision was not a complex one to the Lord. Because God is a God who does things out of love. His entire being is based on the principle of love. His government is based on the principle of love. And so, whether God should make his creation or his creatures with power of choice 
or he should make them make them as robots. Was was a it wasn't a dilemma, but it was a choice he had to make. And God chose to make his creatures with the power of choice. Innate in all his creatures, his moral creatures, was the power to choose whether they would serve him from a perspective of love. Because any other perspective is not a service to God. So, the choice is, should I love God or should I fear God? Should I respond to God's love with love in return or should I respond with fear? And I thank God that for the most part, his creatures responded with love. As a matter of fact, for an unknown period of time, the entire creation was in harmony. All creatures served God from a perspective of love. Worship and honor was given to the Creator God in love and adoration. But it dawned on one of the perfectly created angels that he should strive to establish himself above God. And in exercising his power of choice, he chose to disobey the Almighty God. And in choosing to disobey the Almighty God, he did so because he craved and coveted the worship that was given to the Almighty God. And so, I don't know when. I know it was early in the beginning. Lucifer became Satan. He despised God's graciousness and rebelled against God. And he was thrown out of heaven because he wanted what belongs supremely only to the Creator. He wanted worship. He got some worship in heaven. One third of the angels rebelled with him and disobeyed the commands of God and honored the devil with his freedom lifestyle. He said laws that God gave are restrictive. We need to exercise our free will and do as we please. And even today, that very same concept is causing problems here on earth. The devil introduced this concept to our four parents. Indeed, he introduced this concept 
of worshiping according to your own way to the children of our forebears. That when Cain and Abel was asked to present a sacrifice to God, Abel did according to the will of God, but Cain did according to his own will. And the Bible says that God accepted the sacrifice of Abel and he what now? Rejected the sacrifice of Cain. We see it also established in the lives of other patriarchs. Indeed, Daniel and his friends, many times faced the test of who to worship. Daniel faced the test of worshiping the king or his creator God. And he chose to worship God at the expense or at the threat of his own life. The three Hebrew boys at the threat of their own lives also chose to worship God according to his dictates. It is also a test that we are going to face in these last days. The Holy Scriptures points out to us that in every man all created beings is built in the capacity and the ability to worship. We either worship God or we worship the devil. There is no in between. We either give him honor according to his dictates or we worship according to our own dictates. You see, God is peculiar and particular in his requirements as it relates to worship. But the devil will accept anything. He has no standard. But God is a God of standards. God's government is based on standard. In other words, it's God's way. And why is it God's way? Because he is the creator. The authority to dictate how he is worshipped is proper. It resides with God because of the position that he holds, because of the title that he holds. He is the creator. Any other method that goes against God is an acknowledgement that you have found someone or something that you think is greater than God. Some people want to worship themselves. They want to worship their things. Or they want to worship their spouse or their material possession. 
In other words, some people are comfortable in idolatry. Some others are comfortable in false worship, other forms of false worship, false worship, that looks like and behaves like true worship. But when it is put against the standard of the Bible, we find that it is false. There are many institutions today that are coming across as being true. But their doctrines and their practices cannot bear Bible scrutiny. Worship, therefore, is an issue that decides our eternal destiny. And therefore, it is a serious issue. How serious it is? Let's turn to St. John, chapter 4. St. John, chapter 4. Jesus is speaking to the woman at the well. Speaking to the woman at the well. In verse 23. And they were speaking about worship and the Holy Spirit. And she was telling Jesus that her family heritage, her forefathers, have worshipped, worshipped here in the mountains. And that the Jews want them to worship in Jerusalem. And then Jesus said something to her that the time would come where it doesn't matter where you worship. What is going to matter is how you worship. And so in verse 23, the Lord says, But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Two factors coming out here. One is that the Lord is seeking true worshippers. He is seeking out far and wide from every kindred, tongue and people. People who will worship him according to spirit and truth. No other worship is going to be accepted. And so the question then is asked. Can, how can we worship God? What does it mean to worship him in spirit? And it speaks therefore to our heart. What are we acknowledging about ourselves? And what are we acknowledging about God? 
You see, as sinful humans, there is a tendency for us to want to do our own thing. We must respond to God, first of all, by acknowledging that we are sinners. By acknowledging that as sinners, we can do nothing for ourselves. That even the thoughts that we think are sinful thoughts. That our righteousness is as what now? Filter out. That we need a heart transplant. So sinners must see themselves as in need of a savior. And when we see ourselves as in need of a savior, we must realize then that we need to reverence God. We must acknowledge that God is the creator, the supreme entity, the supreme being, the redeemer and friend, the all-powerful, all-knowledgeable, everywhere present God, that he is a God of love and that by his sacrificial death on Calvary's cross and his ministry of reconciliation and because of those things we must be willing from a heart of gratitude to worship God. We must be willing to be transformed by the working of his Holy Spirit which he has promised us and to be led now into the second aspect which is to be led in all truth. So you cannot divorce spirit from truth. Surprising to say that many persons who done religious apparel and done religious degrees and put themselves across in pulpits as men and women who are in service to God are actually furthering the cause of the devil. Why do you say that? Because they are not preaching the dust, says the Lord. Because they are not telling their people the truth about God's standard. Because in their own lives, they have rejected the standards of the Almighty God. I saw a confession video from a South African pastor. He was being interviewed by two journalists. And he was telling the journalist about what he used to practice as a pastor and what the practices are nowadays in this, these miracle-working prosperity churches. And he, yes, he, he mentioned the occult things and all of that. 
And while those were very interesting, it was what he said about the truth that got me wrong. He said, it is a requirement not to preach the gospel in those churches. It is a requirement not to preach Jesus in those churches. He said, the basic requirements set out is that you must preach prosperity. That you must preach that someone is out to hurt you. That demons are after you. And if you listened before knowing all of that, you would notice that it's true. That these are the things that they preach. You listen to some of those very popular Sunday morning preachers. I hear what they're telling you. Your neighbor ought to do you something. And you could listen from now until the end of time. They will never say Jesus saves. They will never say obey the commandments. Do the will of God. Because that is not popular. But true worship demands that we worship God according in spirit and in truth. And so the question is what is truth? And the all-powerful text of John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So if we are not worshiping according to the commandments of God, the dictates in his words, it is the dictates of his words. It is because somewhere in our lives there is a tendency to want to to want to to want to please ourselves. We must strive always in our worship to please God. And it, was, it is a big issue in these last days. And why is it a big issue? Let me tell you. It's a big issue. It's an eternal issue. The very last book of the Bible. The book of Revelation. In Revelation... Chapter 14. Christ laid out in Revelation chapter 14. Christ laid out three messages. And incidentally, when John got these messages, he got them whilst at service. A worship service was going on in heaven. Yes? In heaven. When you start at verse 1, coming down. John saw 
thousands that had their names written, 144,000, 144,000 that had the Father's name written on their foreheads, meaning that these persons in their thoughts, in their actions, had pleasing God as their priority. He heard voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping their harps. Worship was on in heaven. And they were singing before God and thanking God that they were redeemed from the earth. And he made a proclamation about the worshippers that we must pay attention to. The proclamation that he made, these are they which were what now? Not defiled with what? Women. And we know prophetically that women means what? Church. They were not defiled with women. Listen now. For they are virgins. These are they which follow who? The Lamb. Whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men. Being the first fruit unto God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile for they are without fault before the throne of God. What is it saying about the worshippers? The worshippers are commandment keepers. The worshippers don't do their own thing. Don't bring their own sacrifice. They worship God according to his mandate. They worship God in spirit and in truth. They are sanctified. They are free from sin. Why? Because the truth of God's words abound in their hearts. They, like David, would have asked the question in Psalm 119. Now let's turn there. Psalm 119, the scripture reading, 9 to 16. They, like they, ask the question, How shall a young man cleanse what now? His ways. And the Bible says that a young man can cleanse his ways by what? Taking heed to the word of God. There is no other way. It didn't say a young man can cleanse his way or a worshiper can cleanse his way. 
our own thing. It has to be according to the word of God. It didn't say that a young man can cleanse his way or a worshiper can be presentable for, before God by doing what Bishop says. It didn't say that he can cleanse his way by doing what the pastor says or what is written down in the policy book of your church. You can only cleanse your way by doing the will of God stated in his words. David says, With my whole heart I have sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commands. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Many traditions that are put forth in Christendom today are heretic. They are heresy. They are traditions of men that have been promoted above the divine words of the Almighty God. It was so bad that Martin Luther, by the aid of the Holy Spirit, launched a revolution in Germany called the Protestantism. So he was a reformer and he started a protest against his own church. And he wrote the thesis and pointed out the errors of his church. And for five hundred years Protestantism reigned supreme. Truth was proclaimed that the system of the devil that says do as you please is wrong. The Lutherans in October 13 1999 abandoned Protestantism. Luther protested against the system orchestrated by the devil through the papacy, the Roman Catholic Church, and called them back to Bible Christianity. And instead of reforming according to the Bible, they in turn launch a counter-reformation. And 500 years later, they succeeded. The Lutherans signed a document, October 30, 1999. Almost 20 years later, or more than 20 years later, the evangelicals 
the United States in turn called a convocation and also signed a document ending what they say is Protestantism. And what they have indeed ended was the truth that God is creator. And so they thought that that's what they ended. But what they did in turn was compromise on God's standard. I don't know why Kenneth Copeland did it. Maybe it was to preserve the airport that he has at his house with his three or four private jets, his legacy. I don't know, I won't judge him. But if he does not repent and acknowledge that worship must be according to the dictates of God, he is in trouble. But I know that the Reformation still lives that Protestantism still lives because God has appointed an agency called the Seventh-day Adventist Church and true commandment keepers in the universal, well, let me not say that so like that. In the church, the unseen church, to proclaim to the world the message that we must worship God according to his words. And we have three messages in the Bible to proclaim to the world before the end comes. And we must be faithful in its proclamation. John says from that worship service, while he stood there and observed, we are back at Revelation chapter 14 verse 6. And I saw Another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having what now? The everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell where? That means it for all of us who dwell on this earth, unto every nation and kindred and tongue and people. The message says, with a very loud voice. Fear God. Fear God and give glory to him. For the hour of his judgment is come. And worship him that made heaven and earth and sea. And the fountains of water. In other words, he said the creator must be worshipped. In spirit and truth. So you have an attitude that when worship come around, people have their fools. God no want that worship because the spirit is not right. You want to worship your own way in your sin. The spirit is not right. You want to worship on your own day. Doing your own thing and bring anything to the Lord. God can't accept that worship. You want to put people and things above God. 
God can't accept that worship. God wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. Then there was a second angel. Because you see, Satan cannot put forward and worship campaign against God by himself. He needs advocates. He needs human agencies. Revelation 17 details the human agency that Satan is using. You go there and you see a woman sitting on a beast, a scarlet beast, a sinful beast. Decked out. And is brazen, not hiding. Because her true intentions is written upon her. And, 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 and she has caused the nations to follow after her. And she is dishing out false doctrine in the form the Bible used the term wine. And the Bible says the entire nations are drunk with the wines of her fornication. In other words, her false doctrines, like baby baptism, Sunday sacredness, confession to priests, among others, have, have this world upside down. Everywhere you go, false doctrine about. The dark ages was the period in which they solidified these false doctrine. Dopey doctrine, spiritism, all these are from this woman countering true worship. God is calling us back to true worship. He is calling those of us who are out there in sin. Those of us who are following these doctrines that are not Bible based. He is calling us back to the Bible. Those doctrines that are anti the commandment of God. Like Sunday reverencing. Sunday sacredness. Or reverencing man over God. Bowing down to images. Anti-commandment. God is calling us back to the Bible. These are messages of love. God says, the second angel, Babylon is fallen. Is fallen. Two times. This Babylon has no chance of ever standing up. God has proclaimed it fallen. False teaching and false worship will come to an end. God himself will put an end to it. Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath 
of her fornication. Her departure from the will of God is regarded as fornication. It's a sin against the Creator. God is going to arraign the false church. We see that in Revelation 18. Read it. It will be burned to the ground, that great city. God will declare judgment upon the false church and incidentally upon those who associate with the false church. True false doctrine. We must come back to the Bible. The third angel followed them saying with a loud voice if any man and this is a message now that is personal. You not say if any congregation personal. If any man and woman and child if anyone worship the beast and beast here means a religious political power and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand and we pausing right here the image or the mark of the beast is about worship nothing else it's about what brethren and friends it's about worship if any man worship the beast and his image so in worshiping the beast and his image you will what now receive his mark in his right here so the seat of decision making your frontal lobe your mind that's where you decide things if anyone receives it or in his hand action so what you think and what you do if it is contrary to God's will but it is in line with the religious political power and the traditions of men listen to what the Lord says the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. Meaning until it done. That's the, the Greek word. It don't mean continuously. It means it burns or they will burn or it will continue until it's finished. And they have no rest, day nor night, 
who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. What, what, what is the Bible saying? What is the Lord warning about as it relates to false worship? No matter what false teachers tell you or promise you, in the end, God will punish you. So they might promise you an SUV and four-story house and all the trimmings if you come this way. Or you might be flying out in an ark. Doesn't matter what it is. False worship and false worshippers will be punished by the Creator Himself. And so, in verse 12, the true worshipper, here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. In other places it tells you that the commandment keeper will have right to the tree of life. That the true worshiper will be rewarded by Jesus Christ himself. Let us heed the message of God. Let us worship him in spirit and in truth. Let us give God glory that is due to his name. He alone deserves worship. He alone must be worshipped. And when the choice comes, let me tell you this. Everyone will have to decide. It doesn't matter who you are or your station in life. Everyone will decide who they will worship. Like Peter, I hope we will say we will obey God rather than man. It is going to be a hard road because the choice is going to be between your life or false worship. That's how they're going to present it. If you don't worship this way, first you're going to take away your power to conduct transactions. Your economics will be threatened. And if the economics don't work, then we will threaten your life. All the support of this earth will be taken from God's commandment keeping people. But what this earth will not offer you, God is more than able. Start today by making the smart choices to honor the Lord. Honor Him. Honor the Lord according to His words. So you might not be asked things that require the giving of your life if you don't do it. But it might be for the little children taking something that don't belong to you. Honor God by refusing. 
Might be to cheat on an exam. Honor God by refusing. And to the adults, the choices might be greater, but the principle is still the same. Honor God by refusing. Honor him also by doing his will. The days are evil. The days are short. If you were offended today, I thank God. Because you can reform. There is still time. There is still time to honor the Lord through obedience. Honor Him through obedience. Give your life to Him. He is your creator. He is your redeemer. He is your king. And if you intend to honor God today, won't you stand with me as we sing 306. I am dying, O Lord. I have heard thy voice and it told thy love to me. 306. Let us all stand. Oh